and welcome to another brand new episode of Happy Hamstrings. It is me, it's your host, Julie Brown. It is Wednesday, January the 25th. Uh, I'm taking my practical exam again today. Hopefully I can like nail it and get this out of the way for the Club 360. It's basically a weightlifting format within this club's, like it's the club's own brand. Um, and I have to use the cues that they've written. So it's just a memorization process for me. I'm actually going to make a recording of myself and listen to notes on the drive there because it is such a drive. <laughs> Speaking of which, so far away, I just saw an ad, which I'm going to do it now. I promised myself I would pull away. I'm deleting these again. Delete. I'm deleting it with y'all in, uh, in tow. <laughs> Delete. I'm removing, I've got too many apps. It's like, to me, it's very annoying when I see um, a post like, we have competitive pay and we are hiring. And it's something that I've done, uh, like a, a format I know, and it's not 70 miles away. And I've sent my application resume twice with zero response. And I have over a year of experience with that format, but um whatever. They don't want to talk to me, I guess. They just want to keep posting ads for trainers. <laughs> um, hurtful. <laughs> but anyway, it wasn't meant to be. I understand that. Um, it's just really funny that they don't even write back like, hey, um, you're not exactly what we're looking for or something like, or let's talk and see if you're, what, they, what, they didn't even, they didn't even write back and say received, <laughs> but yet they can constantly make social media posts that they're hiring. Um, this is why I've like left town, y'all. I'm not, I'm not joking. This is why I've ended up like leaving town. The demographic in Birmingham, I love my community where I live, but the demographic in Birmingham is like so different. It is so different over there. Um, you're probably wondering like how there's just Birmingham and that surrounding area thrives for a reason. Um, there's reasons why the cities are in the red and cities are in the green. For example, I'll use Oxford for example. Oxford is always in the green because they are all about committed. They're committed to growth. Oxford, Alabama is right by the interstate and they make the most of it. Uh, the property value there is twice where I live. Um, it's not that far, by the way. All right, so if you drive over to Birmingham, the house that I'm sitting in right now... <laughs> would sell for three times the amount if it were located on the land in or just around Birmingham. And if it were close to the water, like in Pell City, this house would apparently go for like half a million dollars. <laughs> what would it sell for where I'm at now? Not a quarter of a million dollars, not even close. <laughs> so uh, location is everything. And that's actually why that I didn't want to buy like a house within city limits because there's a city near me that always stays in the red. Um, they're always like letting things go and they kind of, I don't really understand their priorities. I'll say that. I've been to some of the city meetings. Um, I've been to some of the speak out meetings. It makes me very sad. It actually makes me sad. So um, I don't like 
there are times where I've said something like, you know, they got snotty attitudes where they got no business to be, you know, I know that that's like a learned behavior. I've said that on an old episode two or three years ago when I said something along the lines of they're acting snotty when they've got nothing to be snotty about. And what that means is, hey, instead of like living inside the country club, maybe come out of your bubble and help the homeless people just a little. Um, And they do, some of them. Is a very, very, very small percentage, I will say that. And the ones that try to help, sometimes they try to help and they try to do it in the wrong ways. On yesterday's episode, I made like a Dave Chappelle reference. And I don't, I don't really know that anybody that listens to this ever watched the Dave Chappelle show. So, um, probably shouldn't make show references without saying, saying who did it. Oh, my cat's very upset now because playtime is not happening. Um, Kitty, I'm making a podcast. Would you like to be my guest? (laughs) He's already the guest. Um, if you're just listening for the first time, we're already five minutes in. If you're just listening for the first time, the purpose of this podcast was to follow my fitness journey, my yoga teacher training, and all the other trainings. Um, I had no way of seeing this coming where I would be working at Club Four in Hoover and potentially going to start teaching weightlifting classes there soon if everything goes well today. And if I don't succeed today, I'm just going to keep trying. You know, I'm not going to give up. Um, I do feel like I will succeed today. Um, Knowing what I cued incorrectly or did wrong the last time. I was also very tired after a weightlifting class. And I shouldn't do this uh, weightlifting exam where I do (laughs) practical uh, demos after working triceps. Um, Anyway... So, I'm going to tell you all something else that I've learned. First, let me say this. I'm just going to give you all a little tidbit of knowledge. Um, But first, let me say, you're all probably listening and thinking that um, maybe you don't want to worry about what other people think about you, but you worry about what what other people think about you more than you would like to admit, But no one really knows that you think differently from everybody else. Like you're not exactly the same as other people. So let that sink in. And does it feel like that's correct? You're probably saying yes. So what I've just given you, it's called a Barnum statement. And I didn't know about the Barnum theory, the Barnum statements. And it's Barnum as in like Barnum and Bailey. So, um... This is something I've recently learned about. If, um, and the experiment came from before meeting students. Um, they did a survey amongst a bunch of students. Before meeting them, they went and just gathered up a bunch of horoscopes. And a very large percentage of the students, were, they were reading all this, and they were like, yes, this is me. This is totally me. But it was just vague, generalized statements. Um, Barnum statement. So the Barnum effect being that um, you just give a random thing. And this is kind of how like palm readers and other people like that do their job. They just give generalized statements. Um, I've had like I've had so many different experiences with um, the Barnum statements. Very interesting. And not just from the time that someone read my palm, by the way. 
um, I didn't even know what that was. Like recently, um, just uncovering stuff. This is part of that episode where I said, like, I'm learning psychological terms and it's not even stuff about me. It's things that's like happening around my life. Um, triangulation, I didn't know that one. Barnum statements, that's a new one. Um, so avoid, I'm going to say, avoid people that um, are negative and give you a lot of like vague Barnum statements, like pretending they know something that really strange um, way to interact with people, I think, where you just give a bunch of like random Barnum statements. Um, anyway, <laughs> that's just something I've uncovered. Like, I don't want to go into all of the stuff I'm learning in my therapy. Um, but it is really interesting to sort of like learn more about people's patterns and behaviors and uh, why people do the things they do. Um, I already was kind of ranting on one of my other episodes that if someone is something, the last thing they have to do is tell you. Like, if I'm kind, the last thing I need to do is, like, run around town telling everybody, I am so kind. I'm the kindest person you will ever meet. Or, like, um, just anything. Like, if you're forgiving, it will just show up in your actions. If I'm organized, it will just show up in my actions. If I'm different or unique, I don't need to go around and tell people, like, I'm different. If I'm different and unique, it will just show up in my patterns. It doesn't need to be proven or stated. Um, Just there's so much I've learned um, about myself lately. And um, learning to communicate more clearly. There wasn't a lot of communication in the house I grew up in. Not a lot of clear and concise communication. I will say they did well in teaching me to read and thoroughly making sure that I learned the English language, (laughs) reading books. Um, They made me read a lot. And if I ever asked any questions, there wasn't a computer, obviously, in those days. Um, If I asked any questions, I was forced to sit down and read out loud from the encyclopedia. So that was my Google. (laughs) The Encyclopedia Britannica. (laughs) Um... I did find it fascinating, like, to just be able to open up a book and see all the world flags and stuff like that. Like, I remember learning from the encyclopedias. And, wow, what a what a lot better studies I could have gotten if I could have just had the Internet instead of just waiting for someone to help me with my homework because nobody wanted to help. My brother ended up being, like, my tutor because nobody... By the time I came along, and I'm not trying to judge, I don't have kids. By the time I came along, like, I was the third kid, they were, like, already over it. They didn't really want a third kid, but they were like, well, here it comes. (laughs) Here it comes. (laughs) Now we have five, and then there were five. And I think that stressed out my dad a lot. He became obsessed with um, saving money and making sure that everything was secure for the household, my dad understood a lot about inflation. I think he, I've said before on my podcast, I think he actually knew the pandemic was coming. He studied a lot about science. He talked about microbiology, even though he wasn't, he wasn't a microbiologist, but he did test water samples at his job, um, the last job that he had before he retired. And um, yeah, it just, 
there's just been so much come up from just looking back. And I really wish my dad was alive now for these revelations because the more I look back and the more I live life, basically, the more I do understand why my dad was the way he was. He was very antisocial, very quiet, kept to himself. He loved to read a lot. I'm like getting older and turning more into my dad. Um, my mom didn't know how to communicate very clearly or concisely. Um, she she wasn't quiet, but she wasn't that great at expressiveness, I guess. Um, yeah, so there's a lot I'm unpacking. My um, sister texted me that my grandmother apparently was getting up and shuffling around the house yesterday. You know, she's 101. She'll be 102 soon. This is not normal for her to just sort of jump up out of the chair and start shuffling around. So now today, she is sore. So for those of you who haven't heard, my 101-year-old grandmother, she broke her arm when she fell at the assisted living facility. And that was, I want to say August. It was back in August last year. And she doesn't remember the fall. She doesn't remember that she has a metal rod, like, in her arm. She doesn't remember that she broke her her part of her hip, not her hip bone. They couldn't operate on that part. Anyway, things were broken. The doctor said if only one bone was broken, then surgery might not be needed, especially at her age. However, if she was ever going to walk again, um, that probably best to brace that arm so she could use a walker and they put a steel rod into her right arm. Now, She's never broken a bone her whole life. So I told her, like, you made it to 101, but, you know, you made it to 101 without breaking a bone. That's pretty freaking amazing, actually. And um, she's actually lived quite an interesting and amazing life. But sadly, the stories are not there with her now. Um, she's just... Um, She's just unable to remember a lot, and that makes me sad, and I know it makes her sad when she realizes that she's forgetting things. So I just try to be there for her and be as pleasant as possible, and I don't expect her to remember, like, who I am. A lot of that's gone. I just try to remember the, the you know, sometimes it's like she'll say something funny. My sister and I were agreeing. It's like she's still there. She'll say something funny, and that's just so her. She still cracks her little jokes, but for the most part, she just, um, naps, <laughs> naps, and she'll eat, she'll eat oatmeal for breakfast, um, my sister usually, my, my sister and I take turns, we'll make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for lunch or whatever, and I'll offer her fruit, I'll say, do you want some fruit, and you want an orange, and she usually doesn't want fruit for lunch, but I want to offer it to her anyway, and, um, my sister is really good at making all these gorgeous dinners, so she's probably getting a good variety of healthy foods at night because my sister is all about, like, some healthy vegan dishes. Anyway, so that's the update on my grandmother since I was talking about that before. Um, I'm going to be sitting with her on Monday before my next therapy session. Uh, that's something else I'm working through within my therapy sessions is um, how hard it is to watch my grandmother like be in this state. She doesn't remember what she's told me five minutes ago and 
a lot of times you just sit with her and you just have to repeat yourself. Like, it's anybody who takes care of somebody, it's challenging. Anyway, um, so I've touched on the Barnum statements. I've touched on the exams today. Um, I made fun of myself for doing the Dave Chappelle show reference on the last episode. <laughs> what else was left? Oh, um, I haven't been, I'm just going to go ahead and confess accountability statement. I haven't been doing my personal yoga practice. When I did teach yesterday and was, um, I was going through our flow. Oh my goodness. My back <laughs> popped in so many ways that felt so good. I was so glad I did yoga. And at first when cycling class was about to start, I wondered, is anybody going to show up? And when they did and we did ride, I was so grateful that they showed up because I probably wouldn't have stayed without them just because it's an hour home and I had cooked this gorgeous dinner, by the way, like the best dinner I ever made when I cooked on the grill yesterday because of the marinade and because of the mashed potatoes. But anyway, that's another story. Uh, after the ride was done, after the cardio was finished, I just was so grateful that I did my yoga and my cardio. Um, so I have my students to thank for that because I probably would have just rushed back home considering how traffic is. And I don't know, like I'll ride a little bit when I don't think anybody's coming, but I don't know, yesterday with all that food ready, <laughs> and just knowing I get home at eight or eight thirty, that's what time I'm eating dinner now with my husband on days I work, uh, because class ends at seven and then I drive home, I get home about 8.15, depending on how, you know, heavy traffic is, it's usually pretty bad over there in Birmingham, um, <clears throat> and then we eat about 8.15, 8.30, and this has actually motivated me for my meal planning that I've struggled so much with, because you kind of have to have a plan if you're going to get home at 8.15, 8.30, so I'm cooking in the morning. Like yesterday, I cooked enough food for like two dinners. Um, so tonight, dinner's already pretty much done. It's it's nice. It's nice to have a little game plan. <laughs> um, if you're struggling with meal planning, um, just find what works for you. Like everybody has a different a different way of making their menu work for them. I would say like lots of, you know, think a cup and a half of fresh fruits, a cup and a half of fresh veggies, whatever. Um, get lots of fresh fruits and veggies if it's accessible to you. I realize it's not accessible for every single person in every part of the world. Um, a lot of us have access to it. Like 89% of my listening audience is American. And um, we have access to like things that are not in season a lot of times which is a blessing. So um, just find what works for you and get you like a high protein breakfast and drink lots of water. Make sure that your food is like high in fiber, at least in some parts of your meals. You want foods that are high in fiber and you really want to make sure you're getting everything you need like within your day. Um, if you don't know about vitamin needs and your fixing meals for your whole family. Maybe just take a little time to educate yourself about portion sizes, educate yourself about like why vitamin C? Why do you need vitamin A? 
Why do you need vitamin K? Like, why do you need all these things? Educate yourself, especially if you're like meal planning for more than just yourself. Because I will say that my energy level, when I eat my own cooking, (laughs) my energy level is like through the roof. Because last night it was like the grilled food, the salad, um, homemade mashed potatoes, and um, I had a piece of like cheesy toast, cheesy bread. Um, And that was really kind of my dessert. (laughs) It's the cheesy bread I ate with it because I didn't really have any dessert or anything extra, no wine. Um... So low sugars, you know, just the one slice of bread. And, um, of course, there's some sugars, like, there's some carbs in the, um, I didn't put sugar in the mashed potatoes. I started to say sugars in the mashed potatoes, but I mean there's, like, carbs in the mashed potatoes. Don't add sugar to your mashed potatoes. Unless it's sweet potatoes, then you put brown sugar. (laughs) But not too much. (laughs) Just enough for it to be still healthy. (laughs) Um don't overdo sugar. That has been my, uh, the sugar's been kind of the bane of my existence. Is that the right way of saying it? I shouldn't say that though. I love sugar a little bit too much. I've always been teased about having a sweet tooth. I love sugar. Um, anyway, um, as you're meal planning, you should know that you need lots of protein. Try not to do this thing where everybody wants to weaponize or make themselves the victim of carbs, like carbs are evil. People come up to me and they'll always do this. They'll always say, oh, I'm doing no carb. And I'm like, please don't tell me you're doing no carb. If you're doing no carb, please tell me a doctor told you to do that because there's nobody on <laughs> on God's green earth who should be zero carb all the time. Um, you're going to bottom out. <laughs> zero? <laughs> don't do zero carbs. So carbs are actually not evil. carbohydrates are an important part of your day, but it's important to also understand the difference between complex carbohydrates and all that, because obviously there's carbs in fruit. There's carbs in a lot of things. Um, I was just explaining to my husband that when I was punching in all of my food, which I don't do that anymore, into my Fitbit app, I discovered that a grilled chicken sandwich from Chick-fil-A it's on a wheat bun. It has just the right amount of everything. Like it's low fat. It's just the right amount of carbs. Like it's just the right amount of protein. And then I saw that like it was just the right ratio wise. And I thought, oh God, I don't need to see that because I might, I might find myself wanting to go there and get just a grilled chicken every day for lunch because, um, compared to what a lot of American meals are, That would put, you know, just let's say like 10 people in America change out their lunch. And instead of getting a burger or pizza or pasta or whatever they get for the lunch, they get a grilled chicken sandwich from wherever and it's on a wheat bun. That would put them into a little bit of a calorie deficit just as it is because the calories are less for that sandwich than it is for like most typical fast food lunches. And I want to interject, I know not everybody is a meat eater, and I know I've talked about my journey into trying to cut out meat. It's just been really challenging for me, Um, probably because I would have to prepare two dinners like every single time. But anyway, um, let's just say 10 Americans switch over from burgers to grilled chickens, and 
they're on wheat buns. And let's say five of those 10 people are like exercising every day. Even the five who don't work out, they won't lose weight as rapidly. But if they're not just like gorging themselves before bed and they're eating a healthy, well-rounded dinner that's not too close to bedtime, they may actually see some weight loss just from changing up away from a high-fat content lunch. And I think that it's really about what you do before bedtime as well. Because if you eat early in the morning, your body's got all day to burn that off. So if you eat like a big breakfast, you may feel a little sluggish, right? But at least you've got like the whole day for your body to be an incredible, amazing machine and burn off those calories. But the times when I, um, not recently, the times when I've eaten something like junk food right before bed, now my body is not working. It's just at rest. And yes, your body does do work at rest while you're sleeping. It does burn calories while you're sleeping. Not so much that you need a big bowl of ice cream to fuel it. (laughs) So, um, it stores away like our bodies are made to survive. So, it stores away all these extra sugars and calories as fat. Because we come from a long line of survival. And your body um, will store away fat to survive. Even in just a stressful like cortisol situation. Your body is designed to store and save fat because it's for survival. So don't think of like your body's fat as your enemy. Um, Think of it as like it's just your body's way of surviving. Um, Rather than making like carbs the evil part of your day. Or rather than trying to like weaponize thoughts about parts of your body like your body fat. Don't think of it like negative. Kind of flip your perspective. Because I have so many times where people, they try to work out and they want to lose weight and they haven't eaten. And they think this is the right way. Getting good nutrition is really where it's at. It's a large part of where it's at. So um, don't go and work out on an empty stomach. That's not going to be helpful. It's just going to make your body kind of angry. (laughs) So... Make sure you get lots of good protein, healthy, healthy meals, um, whatever it takes. And I know this is challenging, like meal planning is challenging, especially when I worked like full time and then the two jobs on top of that. And then was for a short time doing volunteer work for Chiha Creative Arts and the, the cast, the theater community. It was very challenging and I ended up eating a lot of fast food during that era of my life. Um, If you need even further motivation to get away from fast food, maybe just add up how much money that you did spend on all that. And you will see, like, the real motivation behind it. It's not just health. You're going to save a ton of money. All right, so that's all I've got for now. Um, Calorie deficits. Avoid people who give you the Barnum Statements. Because they don't want to have a real um, back and forth communication. It's just a game of racquetball at that point. It's not a tennis game anymore. (laughs) Um, Avoid negativity. And for me, I've just, I'm, I'm randomly taking a week off at a time from a bunch of multiple apps. 
And, you know, it's not all because of bad stuff. It's like sometimes I'll see, you know, a cute cat video and then it's cute. It's good. It makes me happy. But then I look at the time and now I've wasted all this time watching stupid cat videos. <laughs> it's not helpful. So um, I'm just going to brag on myself. My house is clean. Like. I never get to say, like, oh, I'm caught up on laundry. My house is clean. Dishes are not all over the place. That's great. It's a great feeling to just sort of take a step back and look around and go, wow, I did really a good thing. So I'm using this Marie Kondo method. It's a Japanese organization method. Next up is books. And honestly, I don't see how, I don't see myself getting rid of books. Like, I don't see myself throwing away any books. So I'm just going to reorganize them. That's probably what's going to happen. If I happen to see one I could do without, but books are my weakness. That's the one thing on hoarders. I watched every hoarders, by the way. The one thing on hoarders that I could always sort of empathize, sympathize. I don't know which it is because I don't have books coming up to the ceiling. But if they didn't want to throw away books, I would always be like, oh, like it made me sad. Like you can only read so much in your lifetime. Um, there was a quote by David Bowie about, you know, books, books. He would never have time to read all his books. It made him sad because he had so many books that he knew he would never get to read them. I don't re- I, that's not the exact quote. So don't, don't quote me on that quote. I don't remember how it was verbatim, but, um, just books everywhere. We've got Stephen King books. We've got zombie comics books. We have, um, uh, books that I've won from the library. We've got, Books that I found at the Salvation Army that apparently the library threw out. I've got books on fitness. I've got cookbooks. I've got books. <laughs> I don't really have that many cookbooks because with the um, internet sensation, you know, you don't really need a lot of cookbooks because you can just like Google. You don't even need to know what you're cooking. You just Google the ingredients in your pantry and say recipe for this, this, and this. And then bam, it'll just come up. Like you can put like basil, black eyed peas, and I don't know, celery, and then just boom, something will come up, whatever, I just made up random foods, so I've committed to stop purchasing cookbooks, um, I've decided that I kind of want to write a book, not a cookbook, I do want to write a book or two, um, that's going to take lots of time, it's going to be a huge commitment, and I haven't painted or done leatherworking for probably a few weeks, maybe months. Um, the only thing I've done lately is knitting. And I have knitted until my left thumb is angry from pinching the little round loom. So I'm not, like, I'm not doing anything creative lately other than, you know, reading, writing in my journal, um, studying, that sort of thing. So... Hopefully, my vision for myself is to get back into painting. Um, My therapist got me on this mission where I'm supposed to be writing out different scenarios of how I could see my future, like different ways. Um, Just even the most, he said, even the most like bizarre, like, unimaginable like it doesn't have to be realistic like the most beautiful thing you can imagine for your own life and so I've been thinking about that a lot 
And one thing that always comes back is I just want to paint. I know that sounds really crazy, but I just want to paint. And I don't want to paint what other people want. I want to paint what I want. And um, I love watching people do art online. It's a little more fun for me to watch the traditional art. The digital art is fun to watch, but it's a little more fun for me to just watch traditional art being made. Um, I just have a long way to go and a lot to learn because I am, even as many years as I've dabbled, I am still kind of intermediate or novice. I don't know. I would definitely not say advanced because I cannot do like realistic looking portraits or realistic looking landscapes sort of impression impressionistic I guess that's what it would be considered um yeah I've just got so many different ideas when it comes to like what do I see in my life and I'm really glad I didn't start my um (laughs) I've been talking about this forever I wanted to start a little herb garden you know start selling little um basil plants and stuff like that at the farmer's market oh my gosh, if I had started, let's say yesterday and put a bunch of little, my little plants out, there was this freaking windstorm. It would have all been gone. We had this windstorm last night that it was unbelievable. Even though you get the text, you know, you're like, oh, I live in Alabama. It's always a windstorm. I opened the door and I felt like it was going to knock me down. I was like, oh, I left something in the car. Let me go get this sweater. I open up the car. I mean, I open up my my car. I open up the door on my house to go out to the car just to go get my sweater. And <laughs> it felt like the wind was just going to knock me over. I was like, oh my God. Um, it, it was very windy last night. It was like 14, 15 mile an hour wind and it did not let up. It did not let up at all. So thank God that I didn't start my little um, garden because it would have just been blown away to Timbuktu. Uh, it wouldn't have stayed. <laughs> Like, if I had put up a little greenhouse yesterday, like those little plastic greenhouses, it would be upside down by now. (laughs) Such a bad windstorm. So, that came to mind as well. Like, I want to do some gardening. Um, I have sufficient space, but maybe not all the sufficient tools because I just, I have simple things. I have just the space and I have little planters that I've made out of like, old soda bottles that I haven't even used yet. And um, that's the kind of stuff that's not going to stay in foul weather. So I would have to be running my plants in and out of the house, as it were, with my plant I have now, because I don't actually have a greenhouse. I'm just going to start the plants probably in my basement window where they can get some light um, because there's a big table right there by the basement window. I don't know. We'll see. Like, we'll see if I can grow some basil and carrots. And, you know, I'm thinking like oregano. Um, I love sweet basil, but I was also thinking like peppermint plants. It was really easy for me to grow peppermint plants from seed. Um, In fact, I gave, I think I gave one away at one of the farmer's markets events Um, I was just so proud of it. I was like, look, I grew this from seed. Like, that takes forever. Um, I don't know. I'm also wanting to grow some bell peppers. We'll see. Like, we'll see what happens. Um, But as far as, like, just 
out of this world ideas of where my future is. Oh, I have a lot of ideas for that. But very rarely do I see myself like landing in Alabama. I love Alabama for where where I'm at right now. But very rarely do I see my long-term plan, like as in retirement, which I'm not too far away from now. I just, it's hard to see myself in Alabama. It's just really hard for me to see myself staying here. Um, I've asked my husband several times if we can just move out of Alabama, but this is where our jobs are. This is where his job is. So this is where we are for now. Um, we'll see, like, we'll see what happens. It feels like the cost of living everywhere else is like three times as much as where we live now. So for what I need in this stage or this chapter, I'm right where I need to be for now, (laughs) but I'm going to get to sit down and write some, uh, fun scenarios of if my life were blah, blah, blah. Um, and it always just comes right back to the paintings, doesn't it? It's like, I love to create art. I love to create paintings. I love the idea of having, um, like a view of the water and just, you know, having a little space where I could be outside, like, or at least partially outside and just painting, you know? (sighs) So anyway, I hope you all are having a great day and being creative. Um, I am going to get back into my creativity mode. I'm just giving my hands a break as it were from all the knitting I did. And if you can today, do me a favor and just say something nice to someone. Be nice. And don't give a fake compliment. Like if you see a person and they have like a hat that you hate and you love their shoes, don't be like, oh, nice hat. (laughs) Tell them they have nice shoes. Like make it something genuine. In other words, don't be like fake compliments. Give a real compliment instead of like, a forced compliment. It'll be easier. Um, I love your smile. I love your personality. I love your sense of humor. Um, I like how you make people laugh. I like how your style, you have a great sense of style or, you know, those are nice jeans. Just give someone, just one person, a compliment today. Do it. Do it for me. Do it for them. Do it for yourself. Wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, Let's come together. We will be happy and healed and free. And let us work together so that we can become a source of peace and healing for all of life. And thank you so much for listening. And feel free to share it out if you love it. Namaste.